latest news. To his left on March. Emil Heskey, could it be five? Yes, it is! Debates. Balotelli, Aguero! I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again, so watch it! Drink it in! Opinions. Jordi Albert, Lionel Messi! This is the Talk is Football podcast with your host, David Chanel. Mella, lovely cushion header for Gerard! Oh, beauty! What a hit, son! What a hit! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Talk is Football podcast with your host, David Chanel. As you can probably tell, I am ill. Uh, I've got this stinking bug that is going around my area at the minute, so please bear with me. Uh, There's a lot to cover on this podcast. There's obviously uh, full fixtures from the weekend just been to cover. Plus, there is a full midweek fixture list in the Premier League. Tonight, tomorrow and Thursday night, so we'll be covering that as well. And Adam is here as well to bring you the recap of La Liga and Segunda and all of that happening in Spain. So, without further ado, um, let's go back to the Premier League just been. Uh, we'll kick things off with the Watford versus Tottenham game, the half-12 kickoff, nil-nil draw. Um, Dini missed a penalty, Watford played very well, Tottenham... Had the chance to win it late on. They were denied by goal line technology by millimetres. It it was really close. If you've seen it, um, you know how close it is. So, it was a nil-nil draw. A very good result for Nigel Pearson's team who keep their great one of form up. Unbeaten in the last six games with four wins and two draws. Fantastic run of form for Pearson. Tottenham stutter again. Uh, no winning four now for Marino. One win in six. So, uh, struggling a bit, Tottenham. A new signing, Gedson Fernandez, did come on and make his debut, so that was a good positive for Tottenham. But a nil-nil draw to kick things off in the Premier League this last weekend. Move across, you had West Ham one, Everton one. David Moyes up against his former club, Everton. A uh, solid result, one-one. Uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin getting on the score sheet again for Everton. Good run of form he is in ever since uh, Ancelotti has taken over. He's been Everton's main man in front of goal and making a late push for that England setup, especially with all the injuries they're having to Harry Kane and Marcus Rashford at the minute. And you see, he sense there's an opportunity for someone to take that striker position for the Euros coming this summer. But a 1 1 draw there was probably the right result in the end. Uh, Arsenal won, Sheffield United won. Sheffield United's fine run away from home continues. Just the two defeats away from home this season. Um, Fantastic record for Sheffield United. And those two defeats came against the two big boys, Man City and Liverpool. So, what I've I've said it many a times before, but what Chris Wilder is doing in the Premier League this season is absolutely staggering. Seventh place in the league. They don't look like they're they're slipping at all. You, You sometimes get this. I remember whole 10 years ago when they... I think they were third after Christmas or something and all of a sudden the second half of the season they just slipped and finished like 14th or 15th in the end but 
I don't think this is going to happen with the Sheffield United team. They just keep going away. They keep going week game by game. Everyone seems to know what they're doing in that team. So a fantastic achievement for Wilder. As for Arsenal, one uh, one draw keeps them tenth in the league. Four draws out of their last six games. They're not losing as many now, which is a positive side for Arteta. But they need to start picking up these wins if they want to push for European football next season. Up next, you've got Brighton versus Aston Villa. Uh, big game at the bottom of the table towards the relegation zone. It came out as a 1-1 draw. Uh, another, another game that probably was the right result. Um, yeah, I think Brighton, Brighton move. They end their run of four straight. Def- um, no, sorry, that's Burnley. I'm reading the one, what, wrong team here. So yeah, Brighton sit 15th with 25 points, while Aston Villa still in the relegation zone with 22 points. Up next, it was another draw. It was this time Man City versus Crystal Palace. What a game this was at the Etihad. Um, I think I predicted 4-0 in my preview show. Um, how wrong could I have been? Crystal Palace, just Man City just seemed to slip up against Palace at home. Uh, Palace led... By um until like the seventy fifth minutes and Aguero scored, then Man City thought they won it right at the dead, but then Crystal Palace straight away equalised to make it two two in the last few minutes of the game. Brilliant point for Roy Hodgson team who makes it four draws out of the last four games. They sit ninth in the league. Fantastic season now, having uh, only four points off the top four. That's how close it is. Man City slip up again. And as it stands, there's 16 points off Liverpool at the top of the Premier League with Liverpool having a game in hand. I think I said in the previous show, the league's done. I think everyone now agrees the league is finished. I can't see Liverpool slipping 16 points out of their grasp, potentially 19 points. It's just not going to happen, is it? So a point for Manchester City. Then probably the biggest game on the Saturday was Norwich versus Bournemouth. The bottom two teams in the league going at it at Carrow Road. And it was Norwich who came out at in top. As I predicted, I think I predicted a Norwich win. Uh, they much needed a crucial win for Norwich to keep their hopes of survival alive. They're now five, uh, six points off safety, but they needed that win to end the rot. Both teams ended the game with 10 men. Steve Cook got sent off for Bournemouth for making a... A fantastic save. If you saw the save by Steve Cook early in the game to deny Norwich a goal, it was impressive, but a deserving red card. And yeah, Norwich deserving winners against Bournemouth, who look in a desperate need of something. I don't know what it is. Eddie Howe has got a huge job on his hands at the minute. And up next, we've got Southampton 2, Wolves 3. Southampton were 2-0 up in this game. Looked comfortable. Honestly, looked comfortable. The form they've been in, you didn't think they would go on to lose this game 3-2. But Wolves came back in brilliant fashion and to prove why they are going to push for the Champions League spots this season. Fantastic away win for Santos's team. Brilliant, brilliant game of football at St. Mary's. Southampton only got themselves to blame. They were comfortable. And yeah, Southampton were... Yeah, poor in the second half against a good Wolves team. And the final game on Saturday, it was Newcastle versus Chelsea. And it was Newcastle 1, Chelsea 0. Chelsea's record against the so-called smaller teams struggling once again. And Newcastle came 
deservingly winners in this one, I think. A last-minute winner by Isaac Hayden to give Newcastle a valuable three points and moves them up to 12th in the league. Same points as Arsenal. Crazy, isn't it? Considering how... <laughs> yeah, crazy season this is in the Premier League. And across to the Sunday, you've got the two games. Burnley 2, Leicester 1. Another fantastic result for Liverpool in the race for the title. Leicester dropping more points. That's two defeats on the bounce now for Leicester. Um, their title race looks like it's to be over. 19 points off Liverpool. Liverpool game in hand. I don't think that's going to happen. Leicester comfortably out in third though. So they'll be happy with the season they're having so far. If they can get Champions League football this season. Phenomenal achievement by Brendan Rodgers. And the final game on the Sunday. It was the biggest game. Uh, in my opinion, in world football, it's Liverpool-Manchester United. I know Adam will disagree with me on that one, but I think Liverpool-Man United will always be the biggest game in world football. And it was Liverpool. Of course Liverpool come out on top. They just don't seem to lose this season. Two points dropped all season. That was at Old Trafford earlier on. Um, but Liverpool were comfortable. 2-0 winners. It could have been a lot more. United did have their opportunities, especially there was a big chance for Martial towards the end to get him back in it. But a last-minute winner by Mohamed Salah wrapped up the three points for Liverpool. And that, it almost felt, watching the game at the full-time, that was the game the Liverpool fans finally believed they were going to win the league this year. They started saying, we're going to, now you're going to believe us, we're going to win the league. Who blames them? They're, they're, they're 16 points clear with the game in hand. They're not going to lose that. If if they do manage to sl- somehow not win the league this year, I think go down as the biggest biggest slip up in sporting history. It just it's not going to happen. Listen, they've dropped two points all season in the league. They lost one game in the league all last season, so they don't lose games. It's not going to happen. Liverpool are going to be Premier League champions for the first time in thirty years this season. And they deserve it. Fantastic squad, fantastic manager. Who knows, they could do the Champions League double. And yeah, Liverpool deserving 2-0 winners against Manchester United. Alright, we will quickly um, go through the League 1 and League 2 results before we go and look ahead to the Premier League games for midweek. So starting off the championship, Friday night you had Fulham 1, Middlesbrough 0. Then on Saturday, QPR 1, Leeds 0, Sheffield Wednesday 0, Bradburn 5, Swansea 2, Wigan 1, Preston 2, Charlton 1, Huddersfield 0, Brentford 0, Millwall 2, Reading 0, Birmingham 1, Cardiff 1, Bristol City 1, Barnsley 0, Derby 1, Hull 0. And on the Sunday, Nottingham Forest 3, Luton Town 1. West Brom and Leeds are still out at the top in the championship while Luton, Wigan and Barnsley hold their relegation positions. While Swansea, Nottingham Forest, Brentford and Fulham are in the playoffs. And then down to League 1. Accrington 1, Southend 2, AFC Wimbledon 1, Peterborough 0, Bolton 0, Portsmouth 1, Doncaster 0, Coventry 1, Fleetwood 2, Shrewsbury 2, Ginningham 1, Oxford 1, Lincoln 1, Blackpool 0, uh, MK Dons 0, Sunderland 1, Rotherham 3, Bristol Rovers 0, Tramier 1, Ipswich 2, and Wickham 2, Rochdale 1. Rotherham and Wickham are the two teams out in front of the League 1. Why Bolton, Southend and Tramier Hold up the relegation spots where Sunderland, Oxford, Coventry and Ipswich are in the playoffs. 
in League 2. Bradford 2, Scunthorpe 2, Cambridge 0, Stevenage 4, Colchester 2, Maxford 1, Crew 1, Cheltenham 0, Forest Green 1, Salford City 2. Salford City finished the game with 9 men. Fantastic result for them. Grimsby 0, Exeter 1, Newport 2, Swindon 0, Northampton 4, Morecambe 1, Oldham 1, Carlisle 1, Plymouth 3, Mansfield 1, Port Vale 1, Leighton Orient 0, Walsall 2, Crawley 1. Uh, Swindon, Exeter and Crewe hold the automatic promotions while Stevenage and Morecambe are in the relegation zone while Cheltenham, Northampton, Bradford and Plymouth are in the playoffs. (coughs) 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 Right, um, before we move over to Adam, we'll quickly run down the Premier League games for today, Wednesday and Thursday's full fixtures in the Premier League. You have Crystal Palace versus Southampton, Aston Villa versus Watford, Bournemouth versus Brighton. Another big game for Bournemouth at the bottom of the table. Everton versus Newcastle, Sheffield United versus Manchester City, and Chelsea versus Arsenal in the London derby. Big big game for Chelsea and Arsenal in that one. Arsenal desperately needing three points to keep the pressure on the. European spots. Uh, Wednesday night, you got Tottenham versus Norwich, Leicester versus West Ham, and Manchester United versus Burnley. And on the Thursday night, Liverpool are away to Wolverhampton Wanderers, which will be an intriguing game of football for sure. Right, that is me done. Um, I'm going to go back to bed. <laughs> I'm really ill at the minute, so I'm, I'm proud of myself for getting this podcast out at the minute. So as we done, we'll be back. Hopefully, I'll be back on Friday. I'm sure I'll be back on Friday to discuss the midweek fixtures plus preview the upcoming weekend games. Adam is here now to recap on La Liga and Segunda. So enjoy his segment. We'll see you on Friday. Um, don't forget to follow us and all that on podfollow.com forward slash talk is football. And we will see you on Friday. Spanish football with our very own Spanish football expert at Adam La Liga. <laughs> a weekend of shocks in La Liga, guys. Absolutely crazy. The first game of the second half of the season. First games of the second half of the season. We start with a Madrid derby at Batake. Leganes nil, Itafe three. 24 hours for this game, we found out that Enesri's release clause had been paid and he joined Sevilla for 20 million euros. Leganes, 20 million euros is a big deal for them. Um, it's money to spend. But replacing him is going to be difficult. Um, it's replacing not just him, it's getting them strengthening other areas as well. But in this game, if Enesri were playing, it wouldn't really matter. Didn't turn up, and in the big, big derby game, the atmosphere was incredible. I didn't be showing you before the game as well, David. The welcome of the team bus was incredible, but the team the team didn't turn up, and the Taffy had the game won. 
inside the first half hour and eventually 3-0 winners in the end. And yet again, Itafi, fantastic, fantastic. If, if Leganes were the best, I still think they would have lost. But in a relegation dogfight and in a derby game like that, to not perform is incredible. And like I said, if, if, if Nezri wasn't sold before that game and he played, he wouldn't have got a touch anyway to do anything. So it, even without him, it didn't really matter. But it's a monumental blow to any chance Leganes have got staying up because... Whether they sign, you still lost Ennesri, and I don't, <coughs> I don't think the twenty million euros. I don't think they're going to use it to, um, well enough, to be honest. And they stay joint bottom, and four points from safety, eighteen games left. Saturday we started with the shock results of the weekends, re- weekend really. Levante nil, Alaves one. Alaves definitely deserves him from some of the game. I thought Levante were a bit flat in attack. Um, I mean, second half, last 25 minutes, especially that you were all levante, but just couldn't t- <laughs> turn it into the back of the net, really. But um, Oliver's really played on the counter. And obviously, once they went 1 0 up, I see Gaetano as usual with his uh, substitutions, making sure he shuts up shop. And it's a big, big win for Oliver's. Takes them to 23 points, gets them seven points above that bottom three. I, th- I, think, a f- I think a draw would have been a fair result, but then again, like I say, Levante not sharp as usual in attack, and if you're not going to be up for it in attack and take your chances, and you and you Levante always leave space. I've always said it all season. They can't really defend. They'll always leave you space and give you chances. And with a team like Alves playing on the counter, <laughs> good luck. And Camarasa as well, fitting straight into that side like a glove. Okay, so it didn't work for him at Palace, but we saw signs when he used to be at Levante, and he got booed in this game as well. We saw signs at base. It'd be a brilliant, brilliant signing for Alaves in that midfield area. I still think Alaves are poor away from home and they're still in this relegation dogfight. The chances Lucas Perez missed, incredible. And he did it at Granada as well. Usually a lot more clinical than that, to be honest. So Alaves could have won it by more in the end, but it's a big, big away win for him. Levante, 26 points, sitting just outside the top 10. Still 10-point gap, although they drop zone. But it's a winnable own game, wasted, and the go to Osuna away. Bardi out for two weeks as well. Won't help matters. Then to the Bernabeu. Real Madrid 2, Sevilla 1. Sevilla's goal getting choked off. For me, Millie Chow basically ran in. Basically ran into a Sevilla player. Good delay. Um, Luke de Jong scores. And then it's a foul on Millie Chow given. VAI is a joke. Yeah, I still think it should have stood, to be honest. Um... Malichal basically just runs into him and then falls over. So how you can give a foul on that, I do not know. Um, two goals from Casemiro, unlikely goal scorer, after Luke de Jong as well, 64th minute. Casemiro put Real Madrid in the lead, obviously. But then five minutes later, Casemiro got, made sure they got a winner with a brace. Um, Real Madrid poor, but still win. Sevilla, I think they deserve something from, something from the game. You're going to 2-1 down, they could have scored a two equalise as well. Real shame for them, but they're still in that side of top four, and it's looking like potentially a good week for them. I mean, the ground at home, but the weekend won't be easy. Um, Levani at home in the cup as well, they should get through that one. But fourth place, 18 games left, heading into the second half of the season. Lopetegui in his side, we're very, very happy with that. Osuna nil, Real Vidalid nil in Pamplona. Four home games without a win for Osuna. Vidalid, tricky team away from home. It's always going to be difficult. 
um, when you've got own games as well, you've had own games against your Sevilla, your Athletic Club, Bow Real Sociedad. It's not really a shame, really, for Austin and the Motors side to have four own games without a win. Because Real Valladolid, like I say, you can add them to that list because they're a tricky team as well. They can go and surprise anybody on the day. Um, but Valladolid, big point for them, 22 points. Six point gap over the relegation zone. It's just a lack of goals again with Real Valladolid. Um, there's still 11 days left of the transfer window. So whether they can do something or not, we'll see. But Sandro's disappointed me, to be honest. Very, very much so. Um, Osvaldo soon, that's 25 points. I would say another winnable loan game coming up against the Vanity as well. They're a point behind them. But nine points above the relegation zone. Osasuna are going to be just fine this season, in my opinion. And we ended on Saturday night with another Atletico away. Atletico, Damon did away chapter, basically. You may as well write it for the same, same away game every week when they play away. Boring, tepid, just nothing. They offered absolutely nothing. <laughs> tumbling down rain in the Basque country but Ava brilliant it's their first ever win against Atleti in La Liga Mendy Labar's first win against Simeone as well as a coach and it's a big big win for Ava slow starters but I've always said yes the slow starters the start season's slow but they'll be fine in the end I still believe that takes them up to 22 points 6 above that drop zone in terms of points and they deserve to win Atleti pathetic and if they can get Cavani, great. That'll probably help them in terms of goals and nicking goals because it's not going to be anything to do with fast, free-flowing, attacking football and going for it because you only see that in pre-season under Simeone and I'm fed up of going over at the same point and same point. See how Felix, yeah, he's could be doing better, but he's in a side where a coach restricts tactics. There's some Atleti fans that want Simeone out. We're not going to get into this on that podcast. Um with just under a month to go now to Liverpool, I have grave concerns for that tie, and I'm a lot more concerned for Atleti about that tie than I were. Um, pathetic, and you can forget being eight points off title race because Atleti want to fo- need to focus on getting back in the Champions League because they're going to have one hell of a fight on their hands. Sevilla, Itafi, Real Sociedad, Valencia, Atletico Bilbao, Villarreal, Real Betis could be up there in that conversation as well because they're on the march. Um, it's just not good enough for Atleti. Pathetic. Mallorca 4, Valencia 1. Danny Parejo sent off as well. That's a massive blow for them with the game, own game at Mestalla against Barcelona as well. That's not ideal. Mallorca struggle for goals this season. I really did have Valencia down to win this one, but shocking. Absolutely shocking. And it could have even been 5-1 as well later on with Budimir having a good chance. 3 down at half-time. Pathetic. Valencia 4 points off Sevilla. Down in 7th. A terrible result for them. Massive for Mallorca. Out of the bottom three. 18 points. Seven wins from the last 18 games would guarantee them 39 points. And prob- probably survival, to be honest. Real Betis 3, Real Sociedad 0. Sergio Canales and Carles. Elena from Barcelona alone, Elena. Um, that midfield pairing in central midfield is going to be a joy to watch. And it was in this one. Boy Iglesias, Joaquin and Sergio Canales getting the goals. Real Sociedad, again, the big game. Collapsed defensively, didn't really turn up. Um, still six, though, still sitting pretty pretty well, to be honest, in the table. Real Betis, just four points off them. Um, 
And a clean sheet for Real Betis as well. Massive, massive win. They really are on the up under Ruby. It's not going to be easy next week in a way at Taffy, but Real Betis, they're moving that table. Villarreal 1, Espanyol 2. Massive, massive win. Rowdy Thomas's debut. Ablado's first away game in charge. Villarreal poor. Gerard Moreno couldn't make this one. He's out. He was out, injured. Akambi's off to Leon, so he wasn't in his squad. So whilst Villarreal were poor, I thought Espanyol's probably the best I've seen them play this season. Absolutely outstanding. Penalty probably for me was a bit harsh. Um, Avila percent off for it as well. And can Santi Gazzola's got the, the resulting penalty as well. Um, so they had to spend 30 minutes defending, really. Um, trying to see the game out on the did. And it's a huge win. Huge win. They've already made a 20 million euros investment, Raul de Thomas. He made sure they went 2 0 up and that killed the game. Today they've just signed Cabrera, who is a starter alongside Dijene for Itafe. It's a monumental blow for Itafe to lose him. Huge for Espanyol. I mean, for a player, 9 million euros release clause is an incredible player. Bordeaux has absolutely turned him round. Fantastic signing for Espanyol at the attack defence as well. Um, but to leave a team in the Europa League knockout, 50-50 tie against Ajax, I would say. Fifth place in the league, two points off top four. Could be in Europe again next season. To leave for a team bottom in La Liga. Cabrera's a great player, but I do question his personal, his professional career there. Not his wise, because Sauer said it's tough. You're getting started every week. Don't get that one at all, but it's massive for Espanyol. They're close to Adrian and Barbara as well from Rio. They may end up paying 10 million euros for him as well. If Rio don't come down from that release clause that he's got at 10 million euros. So you're talking Espanyol, not just spending big in January, but that would, that would be nearly 40 million pound, 40 million euros, sorry, on three players. And they won't stop there either, David. Um, so Espanyol, I think they'll be fine based on that performance at the weekend, plus the fact that they're signing players. And splashing the cash. Um, and it's massive for them. They just need to keep on winning. Um, as for Taffy, they look at Sally Sue. Great young talent defensive-wise. Great defender for Real Vidalid. Taffy are expected to go and raid Vidalid for him. That'd be a blow for Vidalid as well. Um, a lot of Premier League clubs have looked at him. He's a fantastic, fantastic player. So Taffy might be wounded now. Might receive a big, big blow to the team by losing Cabrera, but Vidalid may be about to lose one of their gems as well at centre back, and that'd be a monumental blow to their survival hopes as well. Athletic Club Bilbao won, Celta Vigo won. Athletic Club Bilbao came back from behind in this one. Should have won the game, really. Celta again, 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 losing a 1 0 lead. Can't hold on to it and end up having to settle for a draw. It's a pretty good draw at Sam to be honest. But it keeps Celta in that bottom three. Two points off safety. Um, at the club about eighth. They're still in the mix for the European places, but they'll be disappointed. To not beat a team that's fighting against relegation, it's end of the day, it's, for me, it's a winnable, winnable game. <laughs> um, they'll be disappointed. And the last game of the weekend, Barcelona won. Gunnar nil. Barcelona played, for me, a 3-5-2. Um, yes, one thousand five. 1,005 passes. Great. Third highest number of passes Barcelona's made since the Guardiola era, really. Um, 
did it once under Villanova and the other one was Guardiola. That's a third ice total in La Liga for passes from Barcelona against Granada. Basically, yes, there was good at passing. Was it increasing sharpness? Still, for me, though, nothing much has changed. You've seen marginal improvements, seen elements of Setien's style being imposed on them. But not really much has changed, to be honest. I still find them vulnerable in attack. Lots of space were given up. Against a better team in attack, would have been punished. Um, Itaki as well at the post. Very, very unlucky for Grenada that didn't go in. I thought Grenada were absolutely excellent. Yes, OK, you can say a bit weak in attack. Um, but look at the difference in budgets at the end of the day. And for me, they could well have got a point in this one as well if it wasn't for Mr. Valentin Pizarro. Gomez, there's no doubt in my mind that um, he's definitely got an agenda against Granada. Those incidents where it cost him against Alba City last season. He cost him in some mess where it weren't, weren't a penalty at all. That cost him game there. Um, Vidal as well, disallowed goal, which would have seen them win, not draw. For me, it were a fair goal. And he already sends her man off for a second booking. I mean, nobody gets booked, for, nobody gets second yellow for that. It's pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. He's clearly got an agenda against Granada. It's just, and again, it's corrupt officials in the league are helping Barca out, especially at Camp Now, when Barca are in difficulty. And then what happens then, seven minutes later? Defender. Man less, defender less, space in the area where her man probably would have been. No doubt in my mind he would have been there to not even give Messi that much space or even the time to have the shot. But he was off the pitch. Messi 76 minutes and Barca win, but Gunada can be very, very proud of their efforts. I thought they were brilliant. But it's just an absolute disgrace. The referee was a joke. He's clearly got an agenda against um, Gunada. It's not just by chance. That's four games now that he's robbed them. Three this season, one last season. Um, and to make it worse for Granada. And Andalusia and Derby away to Sevilla, it's going to be refereed by Hernandez. Hernandez, so good, they named him twice, and that's sarcasm. That's absolutely disgraceful. But, I mean, Granada's had a lot of bad looks to be referees this season, but this guy has got an agenda against them. Valentino, Valentin. <laughs> Pizarro, Gomez, it's just shocking. It's embarrassing. It's absolutely embarrassing. Now, I've got Hernandez and Hernandez, a referee against Sevilla. It's just a joke. But yeah, that's the roundup of a weekend of surprises in La Liga, really. Celta, Leganes, Espanyol remain the bottom three. But Espanyol, Leganes, 14 points. Celta, 16. Mallorca, 18. Eba, Vidal, 22. Alaves, 23. And I think above that, nobody's in the relegation battle yet. But when Eibar won, and before the games on Sunday, there was a seven-point gap between 16th and 18th. So, <laughs> very, very interesting. And Mallorca were seven points behind Eibar as well. They're now four. So, massive win for them against Valencia. And that's the roundup of the first match day of the second half of the 2019-2020 La Liga season. Obviously, we've not got much time to uh, discuss the Segunda, really. But I just want to mention Deportivo La Coruña. You'll remember him, David. They've had a cash investment from the bank as well, so there's no worries about him going bust, um, which was a worry early in the season. Signed Sabin Marino from Leganes, amongst other signings as well. He scores yet again. Absolutely incredible turnaround from Depot in the last four games. They're now on 24 points, third bottom, 
but a point from safety. It's an incredible turnaround, David. I do think they'll stay up as well because the way they're moving in the transfer market is incredible. And another quick mention, Almeria winning away at Madura as well. Cadiz, we are winning the last few games and really are crumbling that lead. You can remember when I said to you, and I think a lot of people said it to me as well, Cadiz, they'll never have a better chance to go up. But I've said they're always bottlers. Look at them now, that big lead's gone. Real Zaragoza has got a game in hand. They win that with three points off Cadiz. Westra only five points off. Almeria are now actually top as well. Level on points with Cadiz, but above them on goal difference. It's all falling apart for Cadiz. 18 games left. The big lead's gone. And the pressure and the heat is firmly on their coach now, big time. Into the Copa del Rey this week. <laughs> I'm not going to give predictions on this one. We'll just look at the games and I'll tell you where I think it could be an upset. Tuesday, we've got three games. Rail that I got it on to Mallorca. Given Mallorca's priorities in the league and fighting to stay up. I know Rosalagos has got promotion issues as well. I want to try and get promoted, but this could be an upset. Mallorca pour away, like I say. You never, never know. This could be an upset. Recreativo Welver, the oldest professional club in Spain. Thank God they're still around because last season, the season before, they're in big, big trouble going bust. Um, to Osuna. I think Osuna probably gets through this one. Sevilla Levante, I think Sevilla at home get through that. Tuesday, we've got Elche at home to the Athletic Club Bilbao. That'll be very, very interesting, but you'd have to go with Athletic there. Um, Ibiza at home to Barcelona. Ibiza's price is pretty well. There were no tickets. <laughs> Stupid cost, like 100, 100 euros plus, and they sold out like hotcakes, really. It'd be an absolutely incredible night on the island of Ibiza. But, um, yeah, I think every cat and his dog is going to go with Barcelona again, so now. Barcelona against Granada, knocked out of Taffy and Oviedo already. This will be tricky for Granada, especially on a plastic pitch again. This, I'm not going to go for an upset in this one, to be honest. Um, I don't think we'll see an upset there. But you never, never know. On a plastic pitch, anything can happen. They've already put Itafi out. Drone at home to Villarreal. Was a La Liga fixture this season. Last season, sorry. Um, you never, never know. This could be an upset. Villarreal will pull at the weekend. They'll be looking to bounce back. In the Catalan, Catalan capital, um, not Catalan capital, should I say, because it's Girona, but it's not far from Barcelona, so we go with Catalonia. Um, Logrenes onto Valencia, yeah, it shouldn't be really, it shouldn't really be an upset here, to be honest. Real Sociedad at home to Espanol. Now this will be an indicator of how serious Espanol are going to the Europa League, because this is a cup competition as well. Um, Let's just see how strong they go in this one because it's not really a winnable tie on paper. But you never know, it could be. All depends on which how strong both teams go, really. Tenerife at home to Real Vidalid. Potentially an upset here. You never, never know. If Tenerife take it seriously and Vidalid rest a few, I could see an upset potentially there. You never, never know. Unionistas de Salamanca at home to Real Madrid. They finally, in the end, David, managed to play at their own stadium and the Federation's realised that he's the essence of the Copa del Rey, especially the new format. To see these smaller teams playing at grounds like this, a running track, 4,000, couldn't get permission from the council, unfortunately, to get temporary seating and stands in, so that's going to be it, 4,000. It's going to be surreal to see the Madrid playing at a ground like that. 
there Wednesday's games. Um, Thursday's games, Ebro, um, to Leganes. Leganes should go through, but you never know. Miranda's at home to Celta. Again, same thing. You never, never know. Miranda's didn't play at the weekend. Their game against Zaragoza was called off due to bad weather. So they'll have had a rest. Celta again, relegation worries. They're almost certainly going to rotate. We don't know how weak they'll go, though. Badajoz at home to Abar. Again, Abar, yes, they won, but they want to stay up in the league, so you never know how weak they'll go. Culturally, Inez are at home to Atleti. Atleti away from home, but come on. No excuses here. And uh, Rio against Real Betis as well. Almost certain this will be labelled as a high-risk game by the authorities as well. This game, especially when Betis come to Vallecas, always ends in violence. Um, and even in a cup game midweek, Betis always travel well anyway. So this, let's just hope this is a good game. And there's no trouble off the pitch because nobody wants to see that at all. But yep, looking forward to another exciting week in this brilliant new Copa del Rey format. And there will be shocks. There will be shocks. And it wouldn't surprise me if that I got to get it kicked off on Tuesday night as well. Anyway, guys, thanks for listening. I'm back on Friday to discuss the next round of the Copa del Rey because the draw is on Friday. The game's will be next week. <laughs> People wonder why we fans don't travel uh, in Spain. It's one of many reasons, lack of notice, especially in cup games. Um, I'll preview all the weekends, La Liga and Segunda games as well. And obviously looking back at what happened in the Copa del Rey this midweek as well. So thanks for listening, guys. Adios.